This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. Cashflow Carl, the reverend of real estate, here to preach it, man. Talking about landlording, property management, how to do better at renting your property, and also how to enjoy it. That's one of the best parts, vacation rentals, vacation homes in general. You get to go there. That is so cool. You know, way underrated aspect of vacation homes and uh, one of my very favorite parts. But anyway, I've got a fantastic guest today, Calvin Hawk, who's got a cool name. Uh, great, great dude. Um, and in uh, his very first guest, as you saw from the title of today's show, got had bed bugs. What a terrible situation. And we're going to hear all about that and his two vacation properties after a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Short-Term Management Show is brought to you by Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. This is the book in the STR space, written by my lovely wife, Avery Carl. It has hundreds of reviews on Amazon, and it will teach you literally everything you need to know about STR. Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, the book, wherever books are sold. Showtime, showtime! It is short-term rental management. Uh, man, it's a it's a good day, and um, and today I got Calvin Hawk on the show. I uh, actually uh, was in another podcast with with uh, this gentleman recently, and and uh, he's a great dude, and uh, bought a couple of properties with the short-term shop, and uh, uh, and he's got some great stories to tell. Uh, I don't want to give it all away uh, right now, but uh, let's talk a little bit about your story. Uh, well, we might as well give it away because I'm sure it's in the title of the show anyway. You got bed bugs on your first guest. That's awesome. I mean, I hate to say that. You know what I mean? It's terrible. Uh, but man, how how awesome to get that right out of the way. Uh, again, not awesome. But um, we'll cover that. Obviously, is that's a that's a huge deal. <laughs> uh, but but you know, you got a pretty interest interesting story, man. W two and the whole nine yards. So uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, you know. As you stated, the, the bed bugs on the first one, it gets easier from there. Uh, yeah, exactly. As you can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, I've got a, I studied chemical engineering at NC State, um, you know, went and started working my W-2, uh, steady job, everything, and, and then was just kind of, this can't be it, um, you know. So I've always wanted to own property. And it was more of a pipe dream than anything. So, I, you know, we would watch the real estate shows and I would you know, say, oh, I wish I could do that to my wife. And finally, she got she got tired of me talking about it. Said, quit being all talk and get serious if you're going to do it, or stop talking about it. So, <laughs> uh, luckily, she was she was there to give me some motivation. Um, you know, I started researching everything, landed on uh, actually heard Avery's episode on Bigger Pockets, and uh, from there, you know, kind of fell downhill into the short term shop. Uh, as you mentioned, I purchased you know, two, two properties from you guys. Uh, first one was a studio cabin in the Smokies. And so that one, that one's rocking and rolling. Uh, couldn't be more happier with that one. And then, uh, a year later, actually, we, we turned around and wanted to buy a beach house. So, uh, went back to, to Ocean Isle beach. So that's in the Carolina beach market. And, uh, both of them are doing pretty well, so excited to talk about both of them with you. And the, and the, the Carolina house is uh, is near where you live. How far is it from where you live? I guess both of them would be not that terribly far. 
Yeah, so I'm in Raleigh. So the, the Smokies House is about six hours. And then the Ocean Isle Beach is almost three, about two hours and 45 minutes. How much of that was um, involved in, in the purchase, uh, the, the aspect of actually using them? Did it come up or or, or did you not really care or, or what? Uh, so prior to purchasing in the Smokies, we had never actually been, well, my wife had been there once or twice, but I had never actually been there before. Uh, but we actually got a vacation home loan so we could get it for 10% down, uh, for that first one. So, you know, we've been back, um, you know, I have to, have to use it as, as a part of the loan. So, uh, you know, it, it's a great area. I love it. Uh, so, you know, not too much upfront on the decision, but we do go there. Uh, the beach house was a lot more, um, you know, we, we love the Carolina beaches, you know, always wanted to, uh, go down there as much as possible. And, uh, I always love vacationing there. So that was more of a, you know, personal, personal, uh, goal there. Have you found yourself going to the Smokies uh, property or, um, I guess how, how long have you owned it again? About two years. Two years. So have you found yourself ever saying, Hey, let's go to the mountains. Does it come up? Uh, as far as just as a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. We go up there. Um, you know, obviously in North Carolina is one of the only places you can get mountain and beach. So that's why we had only ever gone to North Carolina mountains previously. But, uh, you know, we love to go up there in the fall time when the when the leaves are changing and everything. So, you know, and, and then uh, always to, you know, check on the property a little bit, too. So, yeah, I, and that's what I'm getting at. I, I do think that that is a huge factor um, when when purchasing a home. You really, you know, it doesn't get talked about it as much as it should, especially, in you know, I mean, that's the whole point of vacation homes. You can go use it. It's awesome, mm -hmm. you know. Now, you and I both know that uh, as the homeowner of one of these things, um, it's not a vacation. Um, I, not for me. The kids have a great time when we when we go to our houses. Um, we have we have two or three that we go to regularly as, you know, let's let's go to the beach house, you know, similar to you, like a couple hours down the road. Um, let's go to the beach house and. Uh, we, I look forward to it. We put it on this, you have to schedule it obviously, cause you're probably going to be pretty booked and, and, and we have busy, busy, busy lives. I know you have a, a, a young son. Um, so I'll put it on the calendar and the dates will roll around and I'll forget about, I forget. Here's how I do it. I forget that I put it on the calendar. You know, I'll look at the calendar throughout whatever, and maybe four months from now, I'll put a weekend on there and I'll put, and I'll put a little note on my management on you. I use hospitable. I'll just put a little note that says possible Carl's. That's what I put. And then the dates roll around and I'm doing my, my, my schedules and my price labs and everything else. And I'm like, what the hell is this block? And I open it up and it says possible Carl's. And I'm like, Oh, and it used to make me mad. Like, why did I block this man? I could have got this booked. Um, and as time has gone by and my life has gotten, um, you know, I'm, I'm older now. Um, I'm so glad when those come around. Cause I'm like, Avery, let's go, let's go. We can go to the beach house this weekend. Let's do that. And, um, I think that needs to be a bigger factor when it, when it comes to choosing a vacation home. Um, then it, it just doesn't get, everybody's all about cash on cash and ROI and bye, 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 bye. And you shouldn't be doing that on a 10% anyway, as you know, um, which I'm just, I, you didn't do that, but I'm just pointing that out. Um, even if you are doing a regular old fashioned investment loan, that kind of thing, everybody's so hyper-focused on the numbers and, 
And I disagree with that to a certain extent. Now, when I was younger, I didn't. I was like, man, um, let's uh, let's let's figure out how to live a better life, you know. And now, uh, I, that is now that I have kids, I'm like, that is part of a better life. I got to find better, you know, ways to spend time with these kids that m- are meaningful. And these houses are just—it's uh, a huge deal. Um, I'm starting to sound like a sales pitch now, but I'm telling you, you buy a house, a vacation house. You make a couple of bucks with it, and you go use it with whenever you want. Uh, it's it's an amazing thing. Is there any background in your family with real estate? Uh, the parents or anybody anybody in the whole family? Uh, not really. Um, you know, everybody owns their primary homes uh, th- that I can you know know in my family, uh, but nothing in terms of investment. Um, my wife's grandfather actually owns a, a small trailer park, but. Uh, I think he kind of more fell into it than than actually purposely trying to you know build wealth with it. Have you ever talked to him about it? I have. He uh, he loves telling his stories about you know going up there, and he still does all the maintenance on it, and, uh. and you know goes out every month and collects the rent personally. So he he does it old school, but you know he's a he's an older gentleman. So <laughs> so there's value add there. Should somebody uh, acquire that property from him at some point, maybe, uh, maybe you would be a candidate. I'd be buttering him up for that. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be kissing his rear end every chance. I got. how big is it? How many pads, you know, yeah, it's only like five or six pads. Okay. But still, um, what a cool thing to have. I bet he enjoys it. You know, um, I bet he hates to hates, loves to hate it, uh, basically, yep. or hates to love it. it. He's one of those folks that can't sit still. So <laughs> he loves going up there and working on them. Yeah, I had a I had a similar one to that. I bought a I bought a package of duplexes one time that uh, they were all on the same street. And it when the dude who was selling them, uh, he he listed it was a weird deal where he listed one of them for sale. And my my real estate agent, I, I love a good real estate agent. This was outside of the short term shop uh, and um uh not it was a long term rental situation, you know. Um uh, she said, I actually know that guy. I, he, he's my neighbor. He, there's a, I said, what is this duplex? It would just hit the market or whatever. Um, I saw it on realtor, you know, and, and she goes, actually that dude owns a bunch of them on that same street. And I know him. And I said, really? And she goes, I said, I said, can you go knock on his door or something like the, how do, how well do you know this guy? She's like, no, I've actually tried that before. Um, she reminded me that we actually went after this package uh, previously because she was aware of it. And I didn't remember that. Um, and she said, I've actually knocked on his door and he basically just kind of didn't really, really want to talk to me. So I said, hey, wh- here's what we're going to do. Uh, let's make an offer on that one that is for sale. We're going to send him another offer, two offers. Uh, and the second offer is going to be for all of them. And so we got on the GIS and figured out which ones he owned. It was it was eight of them on one street, um, and well, it was a, like a like two streets, like a T. So six on one street and two on the on the T street, and he owned all but one of them. So I made an offer on the seven that he owned, and um, and we worked the deal. and And I own them now, and I fixed them up. They look really cool, um, and I put a nice sign out front, almost like an apartment complex kind of thing, and completely rehabbed them and uh, uh, stainless uh, appliances and, and new new floors and countertops and the whole the whole thing and um, uh, he was the same the reason I bring this story up he was just like that he he knew every tenant's life story they'd been living there for 20 years uh, he went around collecting cash and 
Actually, what he did, this was crazy. I thought this was nuts. He would go around once a year and make these people give him 12 checks. Pre, pre, you know, they already had the date and they were already signed for every month for the year. And then he would cash them on the first of whatever month came around. And I'm like, I don't even know if that's legal. But uh, I mean, maybe I have no idea. I would never take a check from a tenant. So I, I just don't know. But uh, he was he was an interesting guy. I got to meet him. You know, he's in ill health at the time, but we were already under contract. And I think he was ready to kind of just live with rest of his life. And um, and uh, uh, man, he loved it. You know, I mean, he 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 walked around that little thing and he was the mayor. You know, he was a big shot and I was proud of him. I told him I pulled him aside. I said, I know I'm buying this thing from you. I'm not supposed to be nice or whatever. Um, we're supposed to be on other sides of the ring, opposite sides of the ring here, but I, I got, I'm proud of you. I go, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. He was just a regular dude. He worked at like an auto parts supply house or something. Um, and he acquired these things over time. Like one you know, 10, five years later, got another one. He, five years later, he got another one on, uh, on, uh, auction or something because he got foreclosed on or whatever. Um, and and that and then I went in there and painted them uh, uh, obnoxious colors. They're like pink and purple now, <laughs> orange, bright green. Uh, but but yeah, so that's cool. I mean, I would you know next time you get together with the family, I would be like that'd be my mission would be to talk to him. You know, like tell me everything, tell me story. You know, he's got stories. Oh yeah, he'll sit around talking to you about it for you know hours. He yeah. loves it. Yeah. <laughs> He'll talk about the time that this tenant did that and this t- the time mm-hmm. that I had a fire because of that and blah, blah, blah. Um, he, he, was, uh, he was really upset whenever COVID hit and then he couldn't take people to court anymore. So he, he's, he was taking people to court to evict them himself. You know, he's, he's just doing it. It's a, like a small town. He knows yeah. everybody there. So it's, you know, I don't know. He'll talk about it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. What do the parents think? Do you have any issues there? Are they proud of you? Is it a weird vibe? Uh, uh, what's going on there? No, everybody's super proud. Uh, so, you know, my parents, you know, thought I was crazy at first for wanting to do this, mm, you know, especially yeah. we, we bought the uh, the cabin for about 300,000 in 2021. And it's, you know, a tiny studio and, and you know, at the time our home was worth a little bit less than that. And it's a three bedroom. So, you know, they're like looking at it, you know, it doesn't make any sense to them because, you know, just the the comparability between the properties, but, you know, I was looking at it as a numbers game. I I couldn't see how this thing wouldn't make money. So, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, careful with the analysis on the 10% down, but, you know, an added bonus was definitely that it was going to cover the mortgage for sure. So, uh, they think I'm a little bit crazy at first, but they've kind of caught on. And then my uh, my mother-in-law, my my wife's mother, has actually helped us out a lot at the properties. Uh, so you know, she likes you know doing projects and stuff like that too. So you know, she helps us out sometimes whenever you know, she has a free weekend or whatever and wants to do, do some painting or whatever else. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, you got a bear story? I'm, I've been made aware you have a bear story. What's going on there? Ah, uh, nothing too crazy. So. Uh, you know, we, we got a bear proof cage put outside uh-huh. of our, yep. uh, cabin just, you know, to try and keep the trash away from the bears. And, uh, my cleaner came by one time and it, it was out of the ground. So I guess the, the people who installed it didn't secure it well enough. And the bear was actually able to shake it loose from the ground. Uh, and so the, they put it back up, but you know, obviously they couldn't f- fix it, uh, before the guests checked in that afternoon. 
And another one came by mm. later on and uh, we dr- drug it, you know, 20, 30 feet into the driveway. So it was, uh, you know, not a scary encounter in terms of the guests weren't like afraid for their lives or anything, but there was definitely some strong bear activity in the area. You make sure you're listening reflects that. I'm sure you know that. But for anybody listening, there's actually a button on Airbnb, believe it or not, where you can click that button and describe what type of wildlife they may encounter at your property. So if you have a a house, like say in the mountains, um, that's definitely something you're going to want to cover just to be, to be, I I also have it in my guidebook where it says, Hey, if you see a bear, man, I, we're not experts here, but be bear aware. I've got bear aware signs that you got, I got them on Amazon, just search for bear aware. I put them on like near the front door just so they know, because dude, I mean, I've seen, if you go to the mountains, especially the mountains you're talking about where there's so many tourists and like in Cades Cove and stuff, there's bears, you know I mean? They're pretty common and like, you'll see people like get out of their car and it's like, what are you thinking, man? That is not smart. You know, we had a bear last night, actually. We live in Florida. Um, I skipped from the beach uh, and my dog went nuts at like 1230 last night. He was inside, but I guess he just knew, and and I put him out, and he would not stop barking. So I had to go out there again. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to get some sleep. I got to wake up in like three hours, and uh, and and then Avery got involved in the whole nine yards, and, and it turns out she checked the cameras, and there was a bear out front, you know. So um, you got to be careful. And he was big, man. This is a big, big bear because um, they're not that common where I live. I I actually read a study from the county that there's only something like 200 of them in the county. Um, but we live right next to a state park. And so it would be natural that that's probably where they hang out, you know? So, and you gotta be careful with that stuff. Uh, what else? You went through the gamut on this, uh, this little property, right? You had all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, run us through what happened with it. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say, um, to your point about the bears in general, if you're upfront in your listing about stuff like that, then guests are pretty, pretty, you know, easy to deal with as far as that goes. But if it surprises them, that's, that's when the issues pop up. But yeah, as far as the, that property goes, um, you know, we closed on it and when we were, we were in the mountains fixing it up and we noticed a little bug on the bed come nighttime. And we were like a little bit worried, uh, let's get it checked out for bed bugs. So we got Jimmy from all about bugs out there and he's been on my podcast. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's a great dude. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) They come out there. Yeah, you got bed bugs. We'll recommend a uh, a heat treatment. So for those that don't know, they heat up the house to you know 100 and whatever degrees, and it's supposed to you know drive out the bugs or kill them, and then they're not supposed to uh, you know that's supposed to take care of the issue. Um, so you know we did that. Uh, Wait a minute, are you saying that they were in there when you bought it? They were, uh, but we didn't know that. The inspection didn't say anything. Um, we didn't notice it until way way late at night when we were still there you know working on the property and do you have any speculation there there? do you think they were there or or do you think they crept in somewhere in the meantime or i mean did it look like uh was it dirty or anything like that i mean i don't even know if dirty would would make bed bugs come around but uh, from what i understand most of the time they come around with guests so guests will bring them so uh you know the cabin wasn't spotless when we got there but you know it, it wasn't you know anything super crazy, terrible. It, it was just, you know, it was a surprise to us 
but yeah, I think I've heard in general, you know, it's not a, it's not a reflection of how your cleaner's doing at the property. If you get them, it's not, you know, a reflection of, you know, how bad the property is. It's just, yes, sometimes bring them, uh, when, when different people are traveling around and stay and that's where they burrow up in your luggage. Mm. Mm. So you got the heat treatment in there and then, and then what? Yeah. And then, uh, and then the first guest checked in, we thought we were good to go. Uh, you know, cause it, from what we were told by the experts, you know, this, this, this does the job. And, and so, you know, we were excited about the first guest check in. And then about a week later, I got a, a message from them saying, Hey, uh, just so you know, I've got all these, you know, bumps all over me. And I went to the doctor and they said it was some kind of like mite or something. Uh, just wanted to, you know, reach out to you. You're the only place that I stayed at. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe it came from your cabin. And so they were super nice about it, like way better than I would expect, I guess, to be. Uh, and, and just kind of were like, hey, FYI, we still had a great time, but, you know, you might want to look into this. And so uh, got all about bugs back out there. They said, oh, yeah, you definitely still have them. Oh, my. Yeah. So it was it was a nightmare. But you were under the impression with. that they were gone, obviously. Obviously, yeah, I would never, never open up the cabin to a guest. Yeah. Wow. I was under the impression we had bed bugs. So. Professional licensed a licensed professional treat the home. Um, probably no reason to be alarmed at all at this point. Absolutely. Um, but then, you know, I, when all about bugs came back out, they said, you know, since it's a true log cabin, potentially they, you know, burrowed up in between the little crevices of the logs and the heat may not have gotten all the way in, in there to, you know, kill them or drive them out. Mm, so you needed another treatment, another treatment. So this time it was a much more expensive treatment. And I'm, I was unaware that this was an option at, at first. I probably would have gone with the more, you know, toxic option to the bed bugs up for at first, just to make sure, you know, no chance, but, uh, we got it fumigated and, uh, you know, the problem with that was it's not just like a, a one day, same day treatment, you know, it has to sit in there for, for a couple of days. And then it takes a while for the the fumes and everything to you know actually leave the property. So the problem with that was we had guests lined up afterwards because we had just opened up and you know Airbnb blows up your listing. We had we were full for a month. Um but we had to get this taken care of right away. So the problem was trying to get these guests uh their reservations altered or canceled or however you want to uh, phrase it. <laughs> How did you handle that? The Airbnb moved them for you or I mean I've I've heard it done a few different ways. Did you know that we're officially back in a buyer's market? That's right. Even though interest rates continue to rise, they are causing prices to fall. So there's finally room for you to do regular real estate investor things that we couldn't do for so long, like gasp, negotiate, make lower offers, ask for sellers to cover some of your closing costs. So it's a really great time to buy in terms of being able to get a lower purchase price and being able to negotiate. So if you're looking for your first or next short-term rental, it's a perfect time to reach out to us at the short-term shop. Let our team of agents in any of our true vacation market destinations help you find the perfect investment. Jump on over to the shorttermshop.com and click get connected to get started. We are brokered by eXp Realty. See y'all over there. So uh, I called Airbnb first just because, you know, the first sign of trouble, usually the first one to call Airbnb, you know, they'll usually side with you and help you out. Um, so I called Airbnb and told them, you know, I have a contractor at the house. 
they're treating some issues and there's going to be some toxic fumes in, in the house. Uh, and so for that reason, like I can't safely host guests, um, depending on who you get, I had to call back a couple of times to, to get the, the right person to, you know, be able to have the authority to move these guests, but they worked with the guests to move them. Uh, they were give they give, they were given refunds from my property and, and moved to a different property. Um, for, I, I think it was about a week. It was maybe two reservations that I got moved. And then I was able to, uh, to actually host guests again, once the smell and everything was out of the house. I've never done the fumigation. Uh, did you, did you find that to be pretty effective? Obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a hundred percent effective. Uh, they went in and it was, I think it was maybe 36 hours. They left it, uh, you know, steamed up in there. And then, um, you know, the residual smell lasted for several days. So that was the, the biggest thing is not wanting to host guests when a, when a weird smell is in there. Mm. Uh, the other things we did, we, we got rid of the mattress and like a lot of the other furniture as well and replaced a lot of that just because, you know, just wanted to start fresh with it. Offer a good product. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, uh, I've never been offered the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? Fumigation or something? Uh, what, what, Fumigation. Yeah. So, um, this was actually recommended by all about bugs. Once they realized that the, the heat treatment wasn't going to be effective. They said, here's, here's another one. It's uh, a relatively newer treatment, but it, it it's more toxic to the bugs. So it should work for you. That's interesting. Yeah. I've never been offered that. And I've had bed bugs in, in three different markets actually. Um, which, <laughs> uh, um, I've done the, uh, I've even had them at a long-term rental. Um, and what they did there was chemical, some sort of chem like a powder or something. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. That's a whole different thing because the people living in there brought them in, you know, and it was a duplex and they spread to the one next door. That's how I found out the people living in there didn't even say anything or, or even care. It seemed like, and then the ones living next door were like, we've got these bugs. This, we need to do something about this. So, um, I, I got the pros over there and they treated it. And, um, that one was like, what in the world? Uh, but I've always had success just as, I mean, in case anybody's, you know, we've, <laughs> we've had bed bug podcasts before, but, um, I've had success with the, with the heat, um, to, to, the, to the point where I'm a believer in it. And if that's what happened, if I get them again, knock on wood, oh, it is so horrible. I probably would go back to that, but okay, cool. It sounds like you had a fumigation some success on some, sounds like almost like a bug bomb kind of a thing. Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Or you weren't in there to see it, I would imagine, but uh I was not, no. Okay. <laughs> but my cleaner, my cleaner after she went in right afterwards was, you know, pretty pretty overwhelmed by the the residual smell. So mm. What were uh, you thinking at this time? I mean, you bought a you just bought a house that costs more than the house you live in and all of a sudden you're getting what, you know, I mean, could be one of the worst things you got to deal with in this business were you uh, you know, were you flustered or, or what was the, what was, how was the overall attitude uh, in, the, in this situation? So get this, my, uh, I told you I have a 16 month old son. So about a month prior, we had just found out she was pregnant too. So uh -huh. it was a, it was a whole whirlwind of emotions going on in our lives at that point. Uh, but yeah, we, we were kind of, I'd be lying if I said the thought didn't enter my mind that maybe we made a huge mistake, you know, uh, it, some of the things that you'll encounter will make you want to quit. But, uh, it, I, I just kind of trusted the process. I was like, so many other people are doing this. Um, 
you know, just stick with it and it, it has to get better. Right. And it did, it has gotten better since, um, you know, stuff still comes up always does, but, uh, you address it and you move on and, uh, most of the time it turns out to be okay. And you're happy with the performance. You get to go use it whenever you want and it's uh, covering its mortgage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, last year we did about 60 K gross on it. Um, how many so square feet? About 400. Oh my goodness. That is tiny, tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. Um, but you know, couples love it. It's, you know, on the top of a mountain, no view, but really private. It's got a hot tub on the back porch, market lights, little jacuzzi tub. Market inside. Lights. So, What's a market light? Yeah. Like the string lights with the, uh, little bulbs on them. I oh, never heard so, that term before. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things with this property too oh, is boy. like the road, the road is really rough going up. So it's, you know, bumpy, unpaved, steep. There's a switch back in the middle. So you have to do a three point turn. Is it gravel um, or? It is, but you know, every time it rains, a little bit of that dirt's washing away. So every few months we have to get it regraded. Um, and that's an HOA thing. They deal with that. Oh, it's in an HOA. It is. How uh, many houses are up there in the HOA? Five. Oh yeah. Small. Okay. So it's really easy to, you know, get things done and make suggestions. Cause is, you know, is, is the HOA run by home by homeowners or a third party? Uh, a third party, uh, it used to be a homeowner that owned all five cabins, but he's sold them all off individually since. And now it's, but with he's some- still, HOA he still manages management. the HOA. Oh, he manages the HOA. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Um, so they just, he says, Hey, this is how much we need for the road this month. And then you cough it up and they, they get it done. Correct. Okay. That's not too uncommon. Um, wait, you were on it. You, we were talking about something and then I sidetracked you. So you had uh, something with the road, the bad road and then go ahead. Yeah. So it was just, you know, we're just upfront with that stuff in our listing. Yeah recommend a four-wheel drive or if you're not comfortable with mountain roads you know might not be the place for you and we've had maybe one or two complaints in the two years we've been doing it so uh it's it's really just setting expectations versus reality when they show up and hopefully they're aligned yeah i agree i have a i have a house that's up a nasty road it's very 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 similar there's no hoa but the homeowners my neighbors we just get together. I usually just, I actually got a phone call two days ago from my, my neighbor right next door. There's, I think there's maybe 10 or 12 of us up there. And this thing is way up this mountain. Um, luckily I do have a view, so it's worth it. It's nice. But, uh, uh, but you know, I like that. I like that about it. it. And when I first bought it, I was scared. I like, I didn't even, I didn't even want to go up there. I was so scared of this road. And uh, years later now, this is, again, I've had this one for, it's the second longest running Airbnb in the Smokies, to my knowledge. It's uh, the second we want when we ever bought. And a lot of the folks from back then have disappeared or whatever. But the way I see it is after having this thing for so long now, it actually helps me uh, weed out idiots. Because there's only, you know, the, the people that want to complain are not going to want to deal with that road. So if you hit them over the head with it, exactly like what you said, uh, Calvin, to you know, just say, be upfront and honest about it. I find that the, the complainers, they're going to disappear. They're gonna be like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to stay at that house. That sounds terrible. Um, but if you don't let them know, that's when you get into trouble. Um, and I, and I, I think my, my reviews on that property are like absolutely stellar. I'm like 4.94 over the period of, 
eight years or something, nine years, eight years. Um, and it's because of that road. I'm telling you, when I first bought it, I was scared to death. I'm like, nobody's going to rent this. Nobody, it's too scary. And, and now I'm like, man, that road does me so many favors because I get adventurous. You know, the type of people that like to hike, they're going to love that kind of thing. It's a real mountain experience. So anyway, getting too wordy there on, on that, but I, I love that. I love my house. that's up the nasty road. It's just, it's to me, that is a freaking cabin in the mountains. You know, um, I don't want to be down in town next to the freaking, the, the Ferris wheel and all this crap. It's not my style. You put house also has it? no internet. No internet. Yep. So it's the same kind of deal. Uh, I think to your point, it weeds out the complainers. Just, uh, you know, if we could, if we had the access to good internet, we would provide it, but uh, they just haven't run it up the, up the mountain yet. And, you know, we're upfront with that in our listing, you know, we marketed it as kind of a unplug with your, you know, significant other type of, uh, type of experience and never had a complaint. That's wonderful. Have you looked into Starlink at all? We have, uh, and one of the other uh, cabins up there actually has that, and they get complaints about their internet speed all the time. Mm. So uh, I figured it's it's probably better not even to have it than to have spotty internet that you know cuts in and out. Um, that said, the HOA is working on it, so we'll have internet soon. <laughs> oh, really? That's cool. That's cool. Uh, new roof. You said you put a new roof on it too. New roof. This was about two months ago, actually. So we got a, a message from a guest saying, you know, it, it's leaking in here. We had a torrential downpour uh, and, you know, they said it's it's leaking in here and it was the last night of their reservation. So, uh, you know, once they checked out, I got it, I, I got it, you know, inspected by a, a roofer and, you know, he recommended complete new roof because, you know, it was had several leaks at that point. Uh, so what did the inspection, the inspection didn't come back with, with stuff on the roof when you bought it or it did, there was quite a bit of, uh, like moss on the shingles. So they were unable to inspect it at the, at yeah. the homeowner's inspection. Yeah, typical. Yeah. Uh, they usually won't give you too much info on a home inspection. Anyway, you just got to kind of get good at it and kind of judge from the picture. You, you, and you do, you do. I'm sure you're probably feeling a lot more comfortable with it these days where, you can just look at a roof and be like, eh, 25 years, you know? Um, but, uh, what, what year was the home built? Uh, I think it was in the late nineties. Yeah. So that would make perfect sense. It's, it's yep. time for that thing to go. Um, although you've already been through the ringer with this thing, but Hey, I hate to tell you, my friends, if you're listening for the first time, if you're a first time landlord, this is real life. This is real life. We don't want to hide it from you, man. A new roof is going to happen. And you got to be, I mean, quite frankly, mentally prepared. I remember back in the day, even when I didn't have the money for this crap, I, it was, it wasn't even about the money. It was like, I, it just was like, you're getting punched all the time. Like, man, you, you got to change. And then and I just got, I got in there and I took my punches, man. I took it like a man and uh, I put a new roof and I moved on. And, and, uh, and I, if anybody wants to say that's not the right way to do it, then I'm sorry. Then I'm wrong, I guess. But. I will never forget my first HVAC going out. We were absolutely devastated. We couldn't afford it. Um, and we were, we figured it out. We replaced that HVAC and moved on and, um, and look at us now, you know, and if we would have just given up next thing, you know, we're living in an apartment for the rest of our lives or whatever, and not even owning any real estate. Cause that, that with the HVAC happened in our primary home at the time, we weren't even married yet. Um, it was, a it was, you know, we were just starting out really. And anyway, um, 
So, okay. Uh, yeah. everything, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, you got to spend money, you know, to, to make money and especially to, to, you know, provide a great guest experience. A lot of times with the short terms, you got to spend a lot more, uh, you know, speed is a lot of times more important than getting something, you know, fixed. For example, if you've got a guest checking in that afternoon, you know, it might be easier to completely replace a dishwasher than try and get a repairman out there and look at it. Like you might as well just replace it to, to keep things rolling. I agree with that for on all levels. Not only are you wasting your time trying to fix that crap, but then what you're doing is you just put a Band-Aid on uh, an old-ass dishwasher. Uh, I do that long-term, too. If that did, I put everything on a spreadsheet. I preach this all the time. Put the appliances on a spreadsheet. You need to know how old everything is in that house, especially with short-term, man. It's huge. Because when that guest says, hey, your dishwasher's broken, you need to know how old it is. You know, if it's two years old, maybe we consider getting somebody over there to fix it. Or that, to me, that's not even realistic. If it's only two years old, uh, uh, more importantly, it's a pretty good chance that they just can't figure it out. Or maybe the plumbing came loose and like the hose came unhooked from the sink or from the d disposal or whatever, you know, something simple like that. But if you got a 14 year old dishwasher, bye-bye, get it out. Mm -hmm. Good. Gotta go. Gotta go. Of course, when you're brand new, just hearing somebody say that is scary. Cause it's like, dude, who's got an extra, you know, dishwashers are a thousand bucks these days, you know? Um, so it's, uh, it's just part of the gig. It's part of the gig. And then we went to Carolina. Um, and, uh, what kind of property is that? So that's a, a five bedroom beach house. It's on stilts. Uh, it's on a canal too, actually. Um, it, it's maybe, you know, 400 steps to the beach access. So it's, you know, perfect location, great view. Uh, when we bought it, it was, it was pretty old. It was, you know, somebody's grandma's old beach house and they didn't rent it out. It was just kind of, you know, a little bit run down, but you know, we've kind of spruced it up and, you know, now it, it looks beautiful. And, uh, and two hours from your house and you go there with the family and, and enjoy it and, and go fishing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. So we got it on the, the market or on listed on Airbnb a little bit late this year. So, you know, it, it oh, was a little new. down. It is. Yeah. So, uh, it was a little down, uh, from the, from the numbers that we were anticipating, but you know, we're still going to pretty much break even and use it at least five or six times throughout the year. So, you know, in my mind, that's, you know, another, at least. 10 grand or so that we would have spent <laughs> staying somewhere else. What was that like? You just, when did you close on it? September of 21 or 22. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, okay. So you've had it for a year. We have, but uh, like I mentioned, it needed a bunch of stuff done to it. So we uh, spent almost six months fixing it up and getting it ready for, for renters. What was the shopping process like? That was, I guess, for a lot of people's uh, uh, purposes, probably the craziest uh, buying time maybe in history. Was it stressful? Do you feel like you overpaid at this point? Um, maybe not overpaid, uh, but, you know, it was right when the interest rates were rising as well and the, the prices were not really coming down at the same time. Uh, so the payment is, is, I think, much higher than, I expected it to be from a year prior uh, when the interest rates were tiny. Um, but, you know, we're making it work. And if I look at payments now, you know, houses on that island have continued to appreciate. Um, I think, you know, that island got got published in some sort of national magazine or something. So uh, it got pretty, pretty popular there even after we bought. And what uh, remind me again, which island? 
Ocean Isle Beach. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. All right. And uh, how do you how do you uh, juggle all this with number one, the wife, and the new baby, and the day job? Any tips out there for somebody who wants to be in your shoes to to juggle all that stuff? It's tough. Um, <laughs> I, I I try to. Well, first off, I took I took a remote job, so I would have a little bit more flexibility in terms of, uh, you know, well, first off, I'm at home, so no commute. I'm not spending two hours a day in the car. Uh, but but second off, you know, if little things come up and I need to take a phone call and step away for five minutes, it, it's easier to do that uh, than being in the office. So uh, that was the biggest thing that, that helped me for my situation. Um, but in general, you just have to kind of prioritize. Uh, and it's it's a lot going on at once. But, um, you know, I'm happy. Happy I did it. I wouldn't have it any other way at this point. What's the uh, the dynamic between yourself and the, and your wife? Does she is she involved or or not? Uh, so I actually still remember I joined the first management Monday, and my wife and I both joined because we were so curious about it. And uh, <laughs> and I told you, you don't do us it. Out. <laughs> called us out on the Zoom. Thing oh, I actually said, called your name out. That's awesome. Yep, you said Calvin. You and your wife are both here, but one of you needs to take the, take the role of, of managing it. Cause it's going to start issues. Uh, so, uh, you know, now, did you I, listen I, to the, me? I love this. I love this. Did you, did you listen or not? Cause, and it's okay to say I, no. I did. Yeah. So m- we decided my wife's a nurse, so she works 12 hour shifts at the mm-hmm. hospital and doesn't have much access to her phone during those shifts. And so we figured since, since I could, you know, I wouldn't have to be working on it throughout the day all the time, but you know, if, if a phone call came up or if a, guest inquiry came up, I could respond to it quickly, more quickly in my situation than hers. We decided I would take the the management on. Um, and there was no argument there at all. She was okay with that. Or did she want to stay involved with certain aspects or you just, she just got right out. Uh, I, I think she was, uh, we were both really nervous at the time. And I mm-hmm. think she was like, you know what, you're welcome to take it. Okay. <laughs> so, I got but, you. But now she's much more, uh, you know, she's, she's entertained by all the stories I can tell yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And so you know, after a couple of years have gone by, you've been doing this a couple of years now, it's not as big a deal anymore. You yeah. know, she probably doesn't even, she's probably glad she doesn't have to deal with it. You know, um, let Calvin handle it. Well, I'm, I'm working my rear end off at the hospital and, or maybe, you know, maybe she does, you know, ask you, Hey, what, anything weird happened at the con or the, uh, the beach house today? Cause, it, uh, if you do it the other way around, where both of you are involved, I see it constantly. Where where both, especially with spouses, where you have both uh, both spouse has the Airbnb app, the Verbo app, the Hospitable app, the Price Labs app, all that crap on their phone. Then you get to the dinner table, and um, and, and I'm and I'm not saying that I'm uh, speaking from experience at all, but you get to the dinner table and she's like, I don't like the way you handle that. And but if 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 one of you, because again, it sounds like you took over the management role. Since she doesn't have those apps on her phone, it's probably kind of interesting topic to to talk about. Like, what? How was your work day? You know, um, too many cooks in the kitchen. Not a good idea. And and Calvin, do you agree? It's not a two person job, right? It's not. No, uh, you'd have to be consistent in how you're handling certain issues. You know, so many things are uh, sticking to your policies, and you know doing it this way every time some some situation arises so if you got two people in there doing it different ways it's you know not going to be good um but yeah to your point you know now i'm sure she could hop on and, and help and it would be less of a big deal because you know, we've been doing it for a while but 
starting out, everything's kind of feels much more important than it might actually be in the long run. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, be consistent is the best thing you said there. You got to be consistent in your management with the guests. It has to be the same stuff, you know, almost over and over again. And if you're throwing in another personality to get involved in that consistency, then you're muddying the waters and it just, the guests aren't going to have as good of an experience, you know, and that's what it boils down to. And then you're going to end up with bad reviews and then you're fighting over who caused the bad review. And it's just, just not that smart to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, you played uh, college baseball. Tell me about that on our way out here. Uh, what's going on there? Yeah. I, uh, I should have brought know, I this up a... earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. Uh, you know, I, I went to a small D2 school, uh, you know, played my four years and, and, you know, I loved it every second of it. I ended up uh, becoming an All-American and it was exciting, but, uh, you know, I was trying to go pro and, you know, the dream kind of died on me. So oh, it just uh, didn't happen. Couldn't get a deal or, uh, how does that even work? You go into to triple a or something at that point or. Yeah. So, uh, typically the MLB draft comes around and they'll, you know, select the, the player, the college players and high school players that, that they want to take each organization will. And then, then you'll go to the minors. Um, and, you know, I talked to several scouts along the way and then, you know, turned out I wasn't drafted on draft day. So my name was, was left out, but, uh, were you living the dream you 2.0 now? <laughs> What's that? I said, I'm living the dream 2.0 now. Nice. Were you heartbroken? <laughs> Did you have a backup plan? I mean, you've got a pretty good career going on here. Yeah. So, uh, my backup plan was to finish up my engineering degree at NC state. So my first school did not actually have, um, engineering, but I took all my gen eds and math and everything like that, got that out of the way and then, uh, finished up at NC state right after that. So, um, you know, I'm happy to have done it and, and, you know, got several great experiences and, and several great teammates, uh, along the way. So it's exciting. Well, listen, you're a good kid. You got a great head on your shoulders. It's a good-looking family. I'm proud of you. Super honored that you that you came to the shop and you know used us to buy your uh, houses. I don't want anybody to 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 not know that we we sell houses at the shop. I don't, but the shop the short-term shop sells houses. Okay, so feel free to come if you want to buy a house. If you like to close deals in real estate, come talk to us. We like to do that too. The shorttermshop.com. You also shouted out Management Monday. I'll do that too. Uh, Management Monday is a class I teach every Monday for clients. It's free. Teach you every every single thing I know about how to be a good landlord in the vacation space. Uh, but uh, before we go, you have any uh, a book suggestion for me? Anything you've read recently or something that comes to mind? I'm a big book junkie and I actually need a new one right now. So, uh, any good book suggestions? Yeah. Um, yeah. Admittedly. Um got started reading a little later than I would like. So I, you know, I just started about two and a half years ago before I uh, bought that first property. So uh, recently I read tribe of millionaires. Mm, I don't know if yeah. you read that one. Yes. That's um, abundance. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've read that. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a good story, but uh, you know, the lessons behind it are good too. So without your Facebook group and all, all of your encouragement and, and, you know, everyone at the the shop client club, I don't, I don't think, you know, we would have stuck to it after, you know, all the troubles we had starting out. So it's, it was definitely good to have, you know, another 
community to lean back on and, and ask for advice and do all that kind of stuff. Well, that's not why I had you here, but I appreciate the, uh, the, the kind words. I'm going to have to send you a gift for, uh, for, for, for plugging us there, man. That's really cool. I appreciate that. And, uh, and thanks for coming to hang with us today, man. Uh, Calvin Hawk, which is a super cool name, by the way, uh, on behalf of uh, short-term rental management, man, short-term rental management. I'm, uh, I'm Cash Low Carl saying don't overthink it.